0: Acts chapters 1 and 2. What does the book say? And so we covered that area. Today we're going to do the second section of the book. We've broken the book apart into six different sections. Somebody say six. Six. Six different sections. If we were to go verse by verse, it would take us a year and a half, but we decided to do it by sections. Today, we're covering section two. I want you to grab your Bibles and go to Acts chapter five. Grab your Bibles, go to Acts chapter five. In fact, if you have your Bible, can you wave it in the air? Come on. Everybody at 11 a.m. that has a Bible, wave it in the air. If you're at home watching online, wave it. Ask your neighbor where their Bible is. If they don't have one, share with them. If they have an iPad, iPhone Bible, it's okay. Share with them as well. Look at your neighbor and tell them you look phenomenal this morning. Come on, smile at your neighbors. Look to the left, to the right. Tell somebody they look good. Hey, can you help me welcome all of our friends and family watching online? Come on. Come on, welcome Calvary Church online. Everybody watching on Facebook and YouTube, all of our friends and family, we're glad that you are connected with us. Today, we're going to part two of the book of Acts. Today, we're covering chapters three. 12 We'll talk about that. We're kind of going through a bird's eye view on the book of Acts. Anybody loving the book of Acts already? Come on. It's a phenomenal book. And so as a church, we're going to go through it for six weeks. This is week number two. Acts chapter five. I want us to read some verses that I think are extremely powerful in this book. If you're in Acts chapter five, can you say amen? amen. 11 a.m. You feeling good? Yeah. Awesome. Woo. Acts chapter five, go down to verse 29. Peter and John, uh, they've caused a scene in Jerusalem, like crazy scene. Uh, Religious leaders, political leaders are upset because they're preaching about Jesus and they literally want them to be quiet. They literally want them to shut up. Don't talk about Jesus. Talk about anything else you want, but don't talk about Jesus. Doesn't it sound like our culture today? Talk about everything else, but don't talk about Jesus. We're going to see how the apostles respond, beginning in verse 29. If you're with me there, read along. It says, But Peter and the apostles answer, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. That's a bold way of speaking to them. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who God has given to those who obey him. Anybody glad to be a witness of all God is doing? Verse 33, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all people, stood up. And he gave orders to the men outside for a little while. Put the men outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, take care of what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and they came to nothing. Somebody say nothing. nothing. Uh, another leader came along. He tried to start a movement and nothing happened there. And then he said... In verse 37, after him, Judas, the Galilean, rose up in the days of the census. He drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. Remember, then somebody else came along, and he's reminding all the men in the council, like, hey, this has happened before. And look what he says in verse 38. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. I want us to stop right there as we are reading the book of Acts. Chapter 5 is where we're going to kind of read these verses, think about them for the next few moments. I think this particular passage is very interesting because I think it summarizes this next section on the book of Acts. Today, it's section number two of this book. Last week, we talked about spirit breakout. If you're taking notes here at Calvary, we like taking notes, whether you're doing it on a phone or on a pad somewhere, take down notes. I titled this message, This Can't Be Stopped. This Can't Be Stopped high five three people around you and tell them this can't be stopped. This can't be stopped. Come on, tell somebody this can't be stopped. We're going to pray. We're going to talk about Acts chapters three through 12, and then we're going to worship Jesus one more time. And God willing, go home and watch the dolphins win. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for this incredible book that we're reading. Thank you for uh, the history, the lessons. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you open up our eyes to see it reading and get a better understanding. Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Uh, Thank you for everybody here physically and everybody digitally uh, across online church. God, thank you for this beautiful church, this beautiful community called Calvary across every service. Any location, God, thank you. Bless our time together and we love you and we praise you. It is in the name of Jesus that all of God's people say, Amen. Oh, come on, all of God's people say, Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. The first section of the book of Acts is beautiful, the second section that we're covering today is interesting. It actually messes with our theology as we go through chapters 3 through 12. Because as we read this week 3 through 12, we're going to find that life gets difficult for the apostles. Life becomes challenging and life is not an easy road for the followers of Jesus. Anybody love taking nice easy long roads? Anybody hate difficult roads, challenging? Anybody been on a long, bad road trip? (laughs) Several years ago, we got invited to go to Cuba. We have a church in Cuba, Calvary Havana. By the way, I love Calvary Havana. All the people we have over there. Pastor Ricardo Bissette that we love, and he'll probably be with us next month. He's coming and pray for them. It's awesome. We love them very, very much. And they invited us to go, and we spent four days uh, preaching over there, helping the church over there, giving some seminars over there. In the year 2018, we went with Michael Collazo, who's part of our creative team, and Phil, one of our pastors. Uh, on the last day, we had a little bit of time. They said, "You guys, would you guys like to go sightseeing? You know, they said, we can take you to this place called Vinales. Uh, any Cubans in the place? All my Cubans make some noise, come on. Vinales is this beautiful part of Cuba and it has a beautiful geography. They say it looks like Vietnam in the Caribbean. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. What we didn't know was it was gonna be almost a five hour drive on dirt roads. The car had no shocks. (laughs) It was extremely hot, no AC. What was hilarious was seeing Phil's face the entire time. This was the most exhausting, long road trip ever that you can imagine. When we got there, it was absolutely pouring rain. We couldn't see a thing. Had to get back in the car and drive five hours back. Beautiful times in Cuba. (laughs) In fact, I got a picture. You want to see a picture of Phil on the trip? Really upset. He was complaining. He was like about to curse everybody out. He's a spiritual man. He won't curse, but he was really, really upset. I had to take a picture, right? Like, like this is a long road trip. You can take it down. I just wanted to embarrass him a little bit. He's having a baby girl. Come on, this is amazing. Woo! That has nothing to do with it. I just threw it out there. He's having a baby girl. Sometimes life will feel like a long, bad road trip. And you get aggravated. You get annoyed. You want to give up. Because we love easy roads. We love good journeys. Oh, put me on a nice road trip, put some good music, some cold AC, we can have a good time. But as soon as you run into a flat tire, no AC, a bumpy road, we start to complain. And the problem is that life can sometimes be this way. Where life gets difficult, where there's challenges, life won't always be easy. The problem with a lot of us is that we get discouraged when life gets difficult. We lose heart, we lose faith, we want to throw in the towel. Life gets difficult and we become discouraged. I'm done. I've, gone, I've ran into some division in my marriage, in my family, in my home. I'm up against disease in my body or in my home, in my family, in my workplace. I've, I've even encountered death. Some of us have gone through loss. We've gone through dangers. Life can be difficult. And there's some of us in here today or watching online and you're going through that difficult moment right now. And you want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. You're saying, I'm done. I'm done with my marriage. I'm done with my relationship. I'm done with trying with my son, my daughter, my mom, my dad. I'm tired of this business. I'm tired of church. I'm not gonna serve anymore. In fact, today is the day that I'm going to quit dream team. I'm not going to that connect group again because it's been hard, it's been ch- and I thought I had an easy road. Thought life was going to be rainbows and skittles and butterflies. And I find that it's full of bumps flat tires, and obstacles. Today, I come to tell you, let the book of Acts encourage you and remind you not to give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't call it quits. Don't say this is the last time. Oh, come on. I wonder if there's four or five people that say, I'm not going to quit today. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to breathe new life in me. Come on. It's not time to quit. It's time to stand up and say, I'm doing this again. I'm taking the dirt off my shoulder. I'm getting up on my feet. I'm not going to quit. Come on. We're going to finish 2021 strong in the name of Jesus. If God be for me, who can stand against me all the days of my life through obstacles, through challenges, Challenges, through difficult, through dangers, through death. Come on, we're going to make it through in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on, God is looking for some people to endure. Somebody say endure. If you want to endure, you need to be empowered. If we're going to endure through the challenges of life, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. Can't do marriage on our own, relationships on our own. People are complicated, we're complicated, can't do church on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. and So we need to be in power. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. Yes. It's going to be hard, but Jesus never promised us a smooth journey. He promised us victory. So today, victory is already yours. Victory is already yours. You need to get up every morning and claim it. I'm victorious in the name of Jesus, whether I'm in good health or bad health, whether I got a lot of money or a little little bit of, I got victory in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? He never promised everything was going to be all right, but he promised we would win. Acts chapter, chapters three through twelve are absolutely phenomenal. It's like a movie. You got to read it this week. This book is—I love that we're going through the book of Acts through the apostles. If Acts chapter two is the birth of the church, Acts chapter three through twelve are the walking, crawling, falling, running of the church. You ever seen a baby try to start walking and crawling? They bump their heads. They go through difficulties. There's broken bones, broken teeth. We're gonna see three through 12, the church is getting up and trying to run. We, baby Nora, who broke her tooth, yeah, this past week. <laughs> Heather's daughter, two weeks ago, busted her whole mouth. Right? Because you go through challenges as your gro- Growth brings changes. Yeah. I heard one of the greatest preachers of all time, Bishop T.D. Jakes, says, Everything that has life grows, and everything that grows changes. The church has life, it begins to grow, but as it grows, it goes through changes and changes are difficult and there's growing pains in the journey. And so the church, Acts chapter one and two are beautiful. The Holy Spirit falls. We said spirit break out. They get full of the Holy Spirit power. They begin to speak in tongues. They begin to praise God, prophecy happening. It's just a beautiful scene where they're all worshiping God. Now they hit the road and they're going to go through some challenges. Now they hit the road in the early church... our history where we come from they went through obstacles and we see that all of a sudden change is happening everywhere let's talk about the first thing power that changes let's talk about power that changes as we talk about this second section of the book where we're going to be reading this week chapters 3 through 12 let's talk about power that changes right at the very next chapter acts chapter 3 Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray. They come out of the upper room where the Holy Spirit has just fallen, and they're on the way to the temple to pray on the way to the temple there's a lame man who's been lame since birth this man is paralyzed this man can't move he's been sitting by this gate asking for change and he's about to encounter real change i'm not talking about change like pennies i'm not talking about change like some dollars i'm talking about change some of us today more than a dollar more than pennies more than food what we need is power that changes us on the inside are you following me so Peter and James, I mean Peter and John, they're on their way and when they see the lame man, the lame man is asking for change and they say silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you today. And they tell him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and be healed. And the Bible says that immediately the man who's been lame since birth gets up on his feet and begins to praise and begins to jump and begins to give God glory. Immediately he's healed. Power. that Somebody say power that changes. Immediately we see power that changes after the Holy Spirit falls. Outside transformation. The man is healed. It's a beautiful revolution that begins to happen in the city. You keep reading Acts chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, and change is happening in every chapter. Now they're bringing the sick to the disciples, and everybody's getting healed. Change is happening all throughout the church, all throughout the community. Change happens when the Holy Spirit shows up. If you want change today, more than a nice service, more than cool lights, what you need is the power of the Holy Spirit to show up in your life, to show up in your marriage, to show up in your relationship. Change me, God. Rearrange me, God. Help me, God. Change me, God. I need power to change. When we were were younger, growing up in Hialeah, we sang this song. Jesus está pasando por aquí. Jesus está pasando por aquí. Y cuando Some of you are like That was all high people that were singing <laughs> That song basically said, when Jesus shows up, everything has to change. My bad attitude has to change. My bad language has to change. My eyes change. My hands change. My character change. I mature. I get better. When the Holy Spirit shows up, everything changes. My marriage changes. My home changes. I used to be greedy. Now I'm generous. I used to be sick. Now I'm healed. I used to be bad-tempered. Now I'm kind. Come on, somebody. We need power that changes. And that only happens through the Holy Spirit. You can join a program, go through a seminar, you can go through 12 steps, all that, I'm for that, we need that, but real lasting change starts with the Holy Spirit. Paul is talking about this in Romans, and he talks about what the Holy Spirit does. In Romans chapter 15, he says this, But on some points, I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Meaning, to people other than Jews, God helped them become a preacher. And he says, in service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, and for them to be sanctified by who? The Holy Spirit sanctifies. That word sanctify or sanctification is us being made holy. Sanctification is made up of two words, literally, and the two words in English are make holy. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes more than speaking tongues, more than prophesy, more than jumping around and turning around in the air. It comes to make you holy. I see a whole lot of people that speak in tongues and still treat their wife with abuse. I've seen a whole lot of people that can prophesy and still treat their neighbor condescending manner. And I think the world, what they're tired of is a lot of Christians that are loud with praise or loud about words, but very poor in action. What happened is they had an emotional encounter with God, but never allowed the Holy Spirit to change today, Holy Spirit changed my language, changed my mind, changed my attitude. I want to look like Jesus. I want to be holy. I want to talk better, live better. Power that changes. Can I get an amen? Sanctified. Make me holy, Holy Spirit. Like, take away some of these things in me that, that are not good. Like, take away my mind that always inclines to sin. Take away those words that always are condescending toward people. Take away the way I view my neighbor. There's a bunch of, like, arrogant, prideful Christians that still look down on other people. And it's like, where do we see that in the gospel? Oh, because I'm a prophet. A prophet? Most prophets I've seen that act like that are in A prophet. They're in it for money, not for people. If you're in the gospel, it's for people. And it's to make people better because he's made us better through the process of sanctification. Power that changes. Change me, God. Some of us today, we need God to change us. I'm glad you can speak in tongues. I'm glad you could dance, all that. I believe in that. I'm, full, I, I'm, I'm a full, firm believer, charismatic Pentecostal with a seatbelt. I, I love all that, right? <laughs> I speak in tongues. I believe it. I pray. I love the gifts of the spirit, but I, I don't think you can be full of the gifts of the spirit and full of abuse. You can't be full of the gifts of the spirit and still think you're better than your neighbor. I hope we're not that type of church that we come in here and we look across the room like, what, what is she doing in here? She was at the club last week acting wild. How do you know? You were there too. (laughs) Like, change. Like, Acts chapter 3 through 12 is change. The community comes together and they start sharing with one another. Greedy people become generous when the Holy Spirit shows up. Hateful people become loving. Oh, I've seen God transform a drug dealer into a preacher in a matter of a moment when the Holy Spirit shows up. Every chain has to break. Every addiction is broken. Every bondage is broken. Come on, somebody. Anybody want more change from the Holy Spirit? The Bible says you get to Acts chapter 9, and there was a man named Saul who hated Christians. Persecuted Christians was killing Christians. Okay, we're taking a bird's eye view at the book of Acts, but go through it this week. He, he was there when they stoned Stephen to death. It says they laid down their cloaks at his feet while they picked up rocks to kill Stephen. His name was Saul. And all of a sudden, on his way to Damascus to look for more Christians, to put them in jail, Jesus shows up. Power that changes knocks him off his high horse some of us need to be knocked off our high horse today he gets blinded for three days oh Saul you think you have power Saul Saul why do you persecute me the power that changes confronted him changed his ways and he became the greatest evangelist possibly of all time come on that's the power of the Holy Spirit today if you're in here you're saying Alex I got addiction I got vices I got struggles get the power that changes it's the power of the holy spirit somebody say change me, change me. power that changes Amen. acts 3 through 12 we see the, cha- the church changing everything begins to change they looked they used to look down at gentiles until god confronts peter in acts chapter 11 and says don't call anything that i make unclean go preach the gospel to the gentiles on his way he's eating pork like okay god <laughs> And he goes to Cornelius house and he preaches the gospel to the, everything changes. The way you view life changes. It's like God gives you a brand new lens at life when the Holy Spirit shows up. I feel like many, many times we go through Acts and we look at the gifts and we look at prophecy and tongues and miracles and signs and wonders. I love that. I'm for that. I believe that. I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen God do miracles. The biggest miracles on the inside changes. Now, as the church started to change and as the church started to move, they also were met with some drama. (laughs) How many know there's drama when people get together? Not in this church, but in other churches, in the early church, (laughs) a lot of drama. And so there's drama on the inside and there's drama on the outside. We see conflict happening all around. This week, you're going to see a whole lot of conflict. As you're reading through the book of Acts, we're going to read it through it together. You're going to see conflict happening everywhere. But what I love, the second thing that we learned about the second section is that we need perseverance in the fire. Somebody say perseverance in the fire. Because it's easy to quit when life gets hard. In fact, most of the world today quits when life gets hard. Marriage is hard, wife can't understand me, we're not communicating, I'm out. It's easier to go to co-worker because of brand new love. So I'm just gonna have a little boo thing on the side, she understands me. It's harder to fix your marriage. It's harder to go to a therapist and say let's work on our communication. Conflict. Conflict in the family, conflict at home, conflict in the business. What do we do when conflict happens? Are we going to quit? Or are we going to persevere? As we read through the book of Acts, we see that they did not quit. This is our heritage. Come on. This is our family. This is where we come from. This is the church of Jesus Christ. This is how how it started. When there was fire, they persevered. There was conflict all over the place. Peter and John get thrown into prison. In prison, they begin to testify about Jesus. Stephen begins to proclaim about Jesus. In fact, how they picked Stephen is because there was a problem in the church. This was the early days of the church, and they needed leaders to help distribute some of the programs that they started of benevolence to help widows and all that. And they were distributing food. They needed better leaders. So they felt like God told them, pick some good godly leaders to help run this. And that's where Stephen was picked. Because when conflict shows up, leaders stand up. Right? Leaders don't quit. Leaders don't throw in the towel. Leaders don't say this is too hard. They stand up and they say, where's opportunity? I'll stand up and I'll make a difference. In fact, when Saul gets knocked off his horse and God changes his name to Paul, he says, I want you to go and join the apostles, the disciples. You guys are going to make a difference in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When, Paul, when Paul's about to go to Jerusalem, nobody wants to talk to him because he's a murderer of Christians. So everybody's like, Mm-mm, that's like a Trojan horse. He's gonna come in here, get off his horse, and kill us all. Like nobody wants that. To... Barnabas has to grab him by the hand. The Bible says in Acts chapter nine, Barnabas takes him to the rest of the apostles and says, hey, God changed his life. He's not the same man. You know what the church needs? You know what the world needs when there's conflict? People like Stephen and people like Barnabas. Like Stephen and Barnabas, it's not like you've heard about them all the time. Like nobody's like, my biblical hero is Barnabas. <laughs> Everybody likes David, everybody likes Peter, everybody likes Paul, but nobody likes Barnabas. Like, it's like, some of us have probably never even heard of Barnabas. But what I love is leadership in the shadows, where you're like, I don't need a microphone. I don't need a platform. You know what the church needs? Leaders in the shadows that say, you need somebody to open the door? I'll open the door every Sunday morning so people can come in and meet you. You need somebody taking care of the kids? I'll take care of the kids. Come on, leaders who don't care about name, who don't care about recognition. We need leaders in the shadows. People who don't quit, people who say, I'm here to make a difference no matter the platform. And the church was full of men and women of God in the early days that persevered under fire, persevered under fire. I'll help make a difference. We need difference makers. And so when there was internal conflict, comp- I know people that have gone to 15 churches. They'll talk to me. I'll run into them outside in the lobby somewhere and they're like, Hey, can I talk to you really quick? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I just want to tell you, I went to this church, mm, their worship, nah, I can't. Nah. and then I went to this church, nah, then I went to this church, the pastor, I can't stand him. I went to this church, this church, now I'm here, and praise God. I'm like, cool, where are you going after this? Because <laughs> there's conflict here too. No church is perfect. But you need to be the type of person that says, no matter the conflict, I'm going to be a leader and persevere under fire. I'm going to get planted. I'm going to build. I'm going to join Dream Team. I'm going to join a connect group. I'm going to serve. I'm going to build. I'm going to make a difference in the community. I'm not going to quit. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Church is hard. Relationships are hard. In fact, I saw this thing on social media not long ago that says, life is hard. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Pick your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit like me is hard. Pick your heart. Being financially responsible is hard. Being in debt is hard. Pick your heart. Communicating is hard. Not communicating is hard. Pick your heart. Life is hard. Pick your heart. We don't need people to quit when life is hard. We need people to say, God picked me to do hard things. God anointed me to do hard things. God changed me to do hard things. God filled me to do hard things. I know it's hard, but if God is with me, nothing can stand against me all the days of my life. Come hell, come high water, come sickness, come death, come life, come whatever. I got the Holy Spirit. I got God on the end. come on we can make a difference life is hard pick your heart are you with me church pick your heart persevere in the fire ah she was too hard-headed I quit everybody's walking out on marriage that's our culture today we don't understand each other you don't you don't understand yourself that's life But it's saying i'm not going to quit like this what, what do we do when life gets hard i remember in, a, in about two three weeks first week of october is going to be five years since me and diana became lead pastors of this church and um yeah thank you it's been awesome it's been it's been the honor of a lifetime and and i remember that first service where they were going to pray for us and they were going to announce to the church during one of our biggest services, 11 a.m. years ago, five years ago, this place was packed just like this. And somebody in the back, some of you were here, stood up and made a big disruption and made a big scene. And I remember I got so upset at God. <laughs> After the service, I remember I, I went back and I was drinking some coffee and I was like, God, I am just having a conversation with God. I'm like, God, on my first day on the job, <laughs> I got to get embarrassed. That was so embarrassing. And I was I was crushed. I was like, God, why? Like, I honestly... I didn't ask for this. Like, I could have been doing something else. Like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for any of this. Like, I don't want any of this. And I was so upset at God. Then the 1 p.m. started, and we come in here, and worship's going on. I'm like, I'm not even going to worship. I was mad. I was having a conversation with God. Like oh. <laughs> embarrass me like that in our biggest service, people watching online. We had a bunch of special guests. I'm like, ah, oh, it's embarrassing, God. Like, bah. And I remember, like, God, like, I promise you, it felt like he slapped me. Like in the back of my head, just like a right like he said, You're complaining about this, how do you want me to use you in a greater way? Like this? And he reminded me of this first. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they've wearied you out, how will you compete with horses? If in a safe land you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? I felt like God was telling me, you, you've been telling me your whole life, God, use me, use me, use me. The moment I use you and you run into a flat tire, an obstacle, a challenge, you begin to complain and want to quit. If you can't even run with men, how are you going to run with Horses. Some of you, God gave you a vision at the beginning of this year. We said dream again, write down a vision. Some of you have a call of God over your life. Some of you have giftings and anointing. You know it. God has called you. God has destined you. Some of you are trying to work out on a marriage. Some of you are trying to build a relationship back with your children. Some of you are trying to raise up a business and you're about to call it quits. You're about to say it's over. And I feel like God is telling somebody today, if you can't even run with men, how are you going to run with horses? He has much more for you. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up now. Persevere in the fire you might get thrown in jail like Peter and John you might get knocked off your horse but he's with you he's with you he's with you he's with you you. every step of the way the church went through challenges after challenges yet they persevered in the fire that's our family heritage that's where we come from the church didn't start by a bunch of people singing kumbaya had no problems and now it blew up all over the world no the church had challenges challenges men and women of God who were thrown into prison men and women of God who were thrown to beast in the middle of an arena some of them got lit on fire at the stake and yet here we are over a billion people today call on the name of Jesus Christ because a group of people did not quit because if God is in it this can't be stopped this can't be stopped today he's in your life and because he's in your life you can stand up and say this this can't be stopped the work that he started in me he'll complete it this can't be stopped come what challenges come what may I may fall I may falter I'm gonna get up again cause this can't be stopped today I don't know if you were about to quit today I don't know if you were about to throw in the towel you stop serving, stop being involved, stop making a difference in the community, stop talking to your wife, your husband, stop giving up on all the God dreams that he gave you. If he's in it, this can't be stopped. You stand back up and serve God. It's going to be hard, but you can do hard things. Because God is with you. In Acts chapter 1, last week, in Acts chapter 1, Before Jesus ascended, remember we talked about that Jesus was with the disciples and he says, go out and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? Like Jesus told them this. He says, you're going to be filled with power and take the gospel all the way to the ends of the earth. Well, the disciples, they start facing external danger. And some of them start getting killed. Some of them thrown out of their houses. So they have to move to other cities. And so a lot of times, we think God is going to take something to the ends of the earth in our manner, but he has a way of doing it in his manner. And so as they start moving from city to city, guess where some of them moved? Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the fire that started in Jerusalem now becomes a bunch of embers beginning to light up all over the world. But the way God did it was through persecution. Persecution. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we see the fulfillment of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you'll be filled with power and take this gospel to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In Acts 8, we see it now go to Judea. Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How did it happen? So quickly, the church went from 120 to 3,000, 5,000, possibly now over 20,000 people. How? They were scattered. Outside danger came in, and they started being scattered all over the known world, and the church kept persevering. You know what they did? They understood that no matter what position they were in, God could use them. I may be in Jerusalem and this is great. I got my home. I got my family. But if the enemy comes in and changes life in a moment, no matter what it looks like on the opposite end, you can use me as well. I'll finish with this. What we learned from this second section, the third thing that we can apply is that we are positioned to proclaim no matter what. Some of us think that we need a platform to proclaim the gospel. Some of us think that life needs to look perfect in order for us to talk about Jesus. I need my marriage. I need my family. I'm still single, waiting for my sugar foot. I'm, I'm, I, I, my money's not right. My family's not right. I still got these temptations. No matter what life throws at you, you are positioned to proclaim. Because the platform is your life. Not a stage, not a mic, not lights. Our platform is our life. And so the disciples got scattered. Some of them got literally had to grab all their bags quick because they were persecuting the church. They wanted to kill all of them. And so some of them moved to Judea, some to Samaria. And no matter what happened, God used them to take the gospel further. Change. Change is a constant in life. But no matter what change happens, He can use me to make a difference. I'm positioned to proclaim the gospel. I'm positioned. Revival breaks out in Judea. Revival breaks out in Samaria. God begins to take them and scatter them all over the place. And now what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it for good oh, I'm going to use all these people to come and persecute the church. I'm going to close the church down. But like Cameliel said, if God is in this, this can't be stopped. I could imagine all of Satan and his demons celebrating when people were being thrown out of their houses, the church was shutting down, they couldn't have services. Some of them moved to Samaria, some of them moved to Judea. Little did he know they were going to start churches in those cities. And then he's like, wait, wait. It's like, you ever seen Coyote and the Roadrunner when he tries to do something and it turns on him? He had a big cannon ready to go and it was pointed straight at Satan and his kingdom because as long as God is in it, this can't be stopped. I just realized I used a Looney Tunes reference in church. That's crazy. Which reminds me of about a year ago. Year and change. We had to shut down the buildings, nobody could meet. Global pandemic still going on, can't have gatherings. And I can imagine Satan and his demons were celebrating because the church couldn't get together and the church couldn't proclaim. What the enemy didn't know was that we were gonna start an online campus and so did many other churches. And now instead of having one church in one place, now we had a thousand churches in a thousand different homes. And we all got up on a Sunday morning and we all gave praise to God in our bedroom, in our kitchen, in our living room. Because if God is in it, this can't be stopped. Jesus says that he will build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. His church is not a building. His church is you and I. And so today you may be in a place that you're like, I got, I can't, I can't can't like i'm sick in my body i don't have my health I, I don't have my kids i'm divorced life has been rough i've gone through loss i've gone through grieving there's no way that you can use me if god is in your life it can't be stopped it can't be stopped in the book of philippians paul says i'm thrown in jail these are god's people like, this messes with our theology because we teach in America, like, a lot of pastors, like, health and wealth. Like, pre, you serve God and you're going to be rich, have a jet, have a Rolls Royce. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's not real. Paul begins to serve Jesus. He changes. And he gets thrown in prison. How's that? Live for Jesus. Praise him. And yet, while he's in prison, look what he says. Philippians chapter 1. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So, that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all that rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. In other words, Paul says, The devil threw me in jail, but what he didn't know is that I was gonna convert the jailer, convey the guard, convert the emperor. Oh, no matter what, I'm positioned to proclaim. Throw me in prison, take my health, I'm positioned to proclaim proclaim the gospel I've had friends that have been in the hospital over the last couple of weeks and all they tell me is like I don't know why I'm here but instead of asking why God I start asking how God how are you going to use me what are you going to do in this moment how God that's the question one friend said what I started doing I just started talking to all the nurses and doctors about the Jesus that I serve so the devil thought he was going to take my joy. What happened is I brought the joy of the Lord into the hospital room. Today, I don't know what life is thrown at you, but you're positioned to proclaim. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We'll finish with this. The band can come up. And we know that we, th- those who love God, all things work together for good. I don't know why it's happening. Have no idea what's happening. But all things work together for those we love God, who are called according to his purpose. I want us to stand up on our feet today. We're going to read Acts this week together. We're going to go through chapters 3 through 12. Some of us today, we, we need to make a decision, I'm going to persevere in the fire. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit and his power to come in and change some of my attitudes, some of my tempers, some of my words, some of my thinking. In fact, I want to pray for people today, if we can close our eyes I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. Some of us, life has looked like like a weird, complex thing over the last couple of weeks. Some of us are in here, we're like, life has thrown everything at us. We've gone through loss. We've gone through health issues, marriage problems. And it looks like God can't work out anything in my life. But let the book of Acts remind you today, He is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. So today, if you need the Holy Spirit to come into your life and you need the Holy Spirit to come with the power that changes. Today you're saying I need a change in attitude, I need a change in mentality, I need a change in my temper. God help me mature me, sanctify me, help me to look more like Jesus. Today, if you were thinking about quitting in your marriage, in your relationships, in church, in community service, in whatever it is, and you're like, I was, I was done, I was finished, I was gonna walk out of my home, walk out of my marriage, I'm done with my kids, I'm done, I'm done with my job, I'm done with my business, I'm done with my vision, I'm done with the dream that God gave me, persevere under fire. Get full of the Holy Spirit today. Let Acts chapter 3 through 12 scream persevere. That's our family lineage. And today, if you're saying, I don't know why I'm in this position, let the book of Acts remind you, you can proclaim no matter the position. Life doesn't need to look great. You need to just have a great God. If that's you today and you need prayer, you're saying, I need the Holy Spirit today. I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. We're going to pray for you. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you see every hand lifted. Hallelujah. If you're next to somebody with a hand raised, why don't you put a hand on their shoulders and pray over them. Pastors, leaders, walk around the room. and Let's pray for people. Come on, then we're going to sing Waymaker. We're going to believe that God's going to do something in this place. Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this meeting. We thank you that we can call on the name that is above every name. God, you know exactly what some of us are walking through, living through, experiencing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill this room. I pray that you would fill people watching online with your power, power that changes. Begin to change us from the inside out, God. Some of us have attitudes, mentalities. Some of us have things in our life that you need to change. And I ask Holy Spirit that you begin to change. I ask Holy Spirit that you begin to purify. I ask Holy Spirit that you begin to mature us, sanctify us, make us holy, God, that we would look like you, talk like you, think like you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, begin to work. I pray that you fill us from the soles of our feet to the top of our heads with your power. Holy Spirit, every person right now with their hand lifted, fall upon them in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that they would persevere. The person that wants to quit. The person that wants to throw in the towel. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, give them perseverance. Give them courage. Give them boldness in the name of Jesus. That they won't quit. That they won't call out. That they won't sit out. Holy Spirit, that you are the way maker. That you'll make a way where there is no way that you'll strengthen them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. I pray that you give them power today, power to stand up, power to proclaim, power to believe, power to declare your promises in the name of Jesus for them to know this can't be stopped, that you're with them, that you promise to never leave them, never forsake them. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. Fill us today, God. We need you, God, that no matter where we may be in life, we may always remember that if you're for us, who could be against us? That will proclaim about your faithfulness, that will declare your goodness, that will know He who started a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. He's never left you, He's never left you, He won't leave you, He won't abandon you, He hasn't left your side. Come on, he promised to never leave you and to never forsake you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing, Waymaker. Come on, let's sing it out, Father. Come on, I thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your hands and worship. He is the Waymaker. Hallelujah. He's for you, He's with you. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't quit in the name of Jesus. Don't quit. It's challenging, there's hard roads ahead, but don't you quit. Come on, let's not quit. I'm preaching to myself, come on. We keep our heads lifted, keep our eyes on the prize that is Jesus. He'll make a way, he'll make a way. He's the promise keeper. Come on, believe for your children, believe for your marriage, believe. Believe for that business, believe for that vision that God gave. Don't you quit today. Hallelujah. Keep praying for that miracle, keep praying for that promise. He praying, he's with you. He's with you every step of the way. Hallelujah. Keep believing for that miracle. Keep believing for that healing. You are positioned to proclaim and this can't be stopped. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It may not look like the way you thought it was gonna look like, but he's gonna make a way. It's not our will, it's his will. You had one plan in mind, but his plan is better than our plans. His ways are higher than our ways. Don't give up praying for your daughter. Don't give up praying for your son. Don't quit on your marriage today. Don't quit on that vision, that ministry that God gave you. Don't quit. Ask for the power that changes. He'll change you from the inside out. Holy Spirit, change us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us learn from our family history that the people of God don't quit. That the people of God are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You'll conquer that thing in Jesus' name. With every eye closed and every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. We're about to go, but if you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with God, If you're in here watching online and you say, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. I've I've done so much wrong. I've done so much damage. That may be for somebody else, but that's not for me. I want to tell you it's exactly for you. He loves you. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. God loves you. He loves you. In fact, I believe he loves you so much that that's why he brought you into this place today. He brought you in here to remind you he loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. The problem is all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. That means we failed. We've done wrong. We've thought wrong. We've said wrong. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God is love, but God is also holy. And in his holiness, he can't be with sin. So what did he do? He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and Jesus grabbed all of my sin, your sin. Jesus grabbed every single wrong thing we've done, thought, said. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders, went up on a cross, and at that cross, he gave up his life for me and for you. Our sins should have killed us, but God says, I'll take death so you can have life. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross. He went down to a grave for three days. After three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected, and we believe he's alive and he's changed so many of our lives and today he wants to help you. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, today he wants to give you new life. Today he wants to give you a brand brand new opportunity, a brand new beginning, a fresh start. As we're all praying, eyes closed, head bowed, as the church is praying, dream team's praying, we're praying for you today. You're the most important person here because God wants to come into your life and give you a brand new beginning. So many of us have experienced it and we're so thankful we didn't deserve it. Our lives were just as messed up, but he gave us a brand new beginning and a brand new start. Today, if that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus, what do I got to do to be saved? The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. As all of us are praying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. And if you say, Alex, I need Jesus, at the count of three, I want you to raise up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're not going to give you a mic, put a light on you, none of that, every eye closed, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer. If you say, Alex, I need Jesus, he's the only way to life He's the only one that can give full abundant life, more than a car, more than money, more than relationships, is Jesus Christ. If today you say, I want that full life, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for a few seconds, then you can put it right back down. I just want to see who I'm praying for. One, two. Three, raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Raise it up, raise it up. I see you, 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 I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Awesome, awesome, amazing. If you're watching online, you can make that decision as well in your living room, in your kitchen, your office, wherever you're watching, with eyes closed, head bowed. All of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. If you're watching online, you can say this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer all we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus in fact all of us let's repeat out loud say father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you come on say Jesus I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my lord and be my savior from today on, I'm forgiven, and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, he's a good God. He's an amazing God. Hands went up everywhere. If you're watching online, you made that decision as well. We have a free Bible for you. We're leaving right now outside. There's some tents out there, pass by. You can sign up for financial classes you can sign up for Connect Group. Most important get a Bible. This Bible is for new Christians. It's going to help you. We love you and we're on the journey with you to walk with you. Come on. Anybody thankful for good God? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. We're going to leave out of here singing Waymaker. Let's lift up our hands. Jesus we love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. I tell you you make a way this week. No matter what may Come up. Help us to trust you. Help us to love you. Go before Jesus' name, amen.